Welcome to a special Tuesday edition of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Liam Griffin. Will, a few hours ago, I wrapped up my final final, which means we're both done with freshman year of college. I can't believe it. Well, first off, Liam, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I'm excited as always. Thank you for having me. It's been a while. Yes, definitely. And uh, second, I cannot believe we're done with our freshman year of college. It definitely just feels like yesterday when we were both at fifth grade rice basketball camp, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But one down, three to go. All right, boys and girls, back on the show today is a man still denying the Harden trade ever happened. Oh, yeah, he is. Mr. Will Arntzen. <laughs> on today's episode, the NBA playoffs are here. We'll take you through the bracket later. We start with the award predictions, and we begin with the coach of the year. Last year, Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors took home the award. But with Toronto out of the playoff picture, there will be a new winner. Will, the NBA coaches have spoken, and they think Monty Williams is their coach of the year. Are you in agreement? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I think Monty Williams has already been selected for this. But uh, yes, I am in 100% agreement. Uh, I think the Suns, haven't the Suns won 17 more games than they have last year? And uh, with just the addition of Chris Paul, no one else on the team. They've been absolutely fantastic. I think... Uh, their top 10, I looked in every single offensive category, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, assists, three-pointers, pretty much everything. And I have to say much of that credit is due to Monty. He already, uh, the Suns were basically one of the worst teams in the league before he came two years ago, and they already had greatly improved last year. And then again, to add 17 more games with just one addition this year, I think all he needed was a solid point guard in Chris Paul to bring the Suns to greatness. Yeah, and it's not official yet because that's the coach's decision. I think the media ends up making the final decision. By the way, hope to be a part of that decision making one day. But uh, you know, I really, I mean, you could make the case for Tom Thibodeau with what he's done with the New York Knicks. But in my mind, there's one quick cut answer, and it's like you said, Monty Williams. I mean, I expected the Suns to be better last year after the magic they pulled off in the bubble, or excuse me, the bubble. I didn't expect them to be this much better. I mean, they've taken leaps and bounds ahead. That's why Chris Paul's name is in the MVP conversation. And like you said, top 10 in every offensive category. That That's pretty darn good, in my opinion. Is that good? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think it shouldn't be much of a question with Monty Williams. No, I completely agreed. Usually the coach of the year is kind of a neck and neck award, but I don't know, this year is different. Monty seems far and away ahead. Uh. Now on to a award that has been dominated of late by the L.A. Clippers, the sixth man of the year. Montrez Harrell won it last year, and Lou Williams won it the previous two years. But it's not looking like it's going to be the Clippers this year. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is this year's favorite. Are you taking him or the field, Liam? I'm taking him. I mean, this guy, I mean, he was a solid role player in L.A., and I'm pretty sure he was with, he got traded to Cleveland in that whole fiasco a few years ago when LeBron blew up that entire roster, but... You know, he's averaging 18.4 points per game for a really, really good Utah Jazz team. I'm, is it a bold statement to say that the Utah Jazz would not be in the position they're in right now without Jordan Clarkson? I don't think so. They're legit title contenders. Entering 19-20 after they made the additions to get Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley, I said they were as good as the two seed in the West. And now we're seeing it come to fruition. The missing piece was Jordan Clarkson. I really like this Jazz team. They have a legit shot at winning the chip this year. I firmly believe that. And, it, and off, it's because of Jordan Clarkson. First off, I completely forgot. Are the Jazz or the Suns in the first seed in the West right now? Jazz you know, are number one. Okay. Okay, 
just making sure. But uh, on another note, uh, I completely agree with you. Just like on the last award, I kind of feel like this one's far and away a clear-cut winner in Jordan Clarkson. Like you said, he's averaging 19 a game. Uh, I'd say Jalen Brunson's been pretty solid. So is his teammate, Joey Ingles, uh, Clarkson's teammate. I mean, the one thing about Joe is that he's been absolutely on fire, shooting 45% from three, which Clarkson's been a little bit streaky at times shooting. But, I mean, he's averaging seven points per game more. And I'd say the big thing that separates Clarkson is there's been multiple games this year where he's gone off for 30-plus points and absolutely carried the Jazz when the starters weren't doing that well and got them single, practically single-handedly a win that they maybe wouldn't have had. I mean, yeah, and this is what the Jazz have been missing of late, is that, that bench presence, because they've always had it with guys like Mitchell and Gobert in the starting line, Joe Ingles even, and I have Colin Bogdanovich, but you throw in a guy like Jordan Clarkson off the bench, it makes this team that much more lethal. And that's why I had them going a long way. More on that later. So, yeah. moving on down to Rookie of the Year. Up until March 20th, there was one clear frontrunner in LaMelo Ball. However, he got hurt in March, on March 20th, which led to Anthony Edwards becoming the frontrunner. However, now that LaMelo is back, the debate is on. Will, which of LaMelo or the Ant-Man are you taking for Rookie of the Year? Okay. First off, I think it's a little disrespectful to Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, really? Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, come on. Okay, Halliburton has been by far the most efficient shooting from those guys. He's shooting 41% from three, 6% more than Lamelo, 8% more than Anthony Edwards. But you still think he's a rookie? You 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 still think he's up there with those two? Yes, I think he's up there with those two. Let's not also forget that I, at least I personally think he's by far the best career defender of the three. He's been easily top five in rookie defensive rating at 116. Some of the other guys ahead of him were all big men. And uh, overall, I haven't seen much defensive consistency between Lamelo and Anthony Edwards, unlike Halliburton. I think Halliburton's been fantastic, but I don't think he's going to win rookie of the year. And I, uh, so basically what I'm saying is I think there's a difference between who should and who will win rookie of the year. And uh, I will say, though, Lamelo has been the best player this year overall. Halliburton, I think, should win rookie of the year because he's played more games, but Lamelo's been the best player. Uh, He's been absolutely fantastic, both scoring and facilitating. He's also averaging six rebounds a game, which is pretty nice for a point guard. Not too bad shooting, which is much better, especially much better than people expected, as he was shooting only like 24% in Australia, and now he's shooting 35% from three. But uh, I will say, Anthony Edwards probably will win the award because he's played 15-plus more games than both of the two guys I mentioned. And yes, he's averaging about 20 points per game, but I will say... He's been a pretty inconsistent shooter. He, from what I've watched at least, he doesn't seem like the greatest defender. But obviously, I mean, averaging 20 a game and playing every single game this year, he will probably win the award. I'm not hating on him. He's still a great rookie, but I just don't feel like he's been overall as solid as the other two guys when they've all played. Okay, yeah, and you sort of prefaced the point I was going to bring up. In 2017, uh, the clear-cut best rookie that season was... And Big Baby, or Joel Embiid, but he isn't in Big Baby. I'm just going to say that. It's just the truth of the matter. But he only, pl- he only played 31 games. So the, the Rookie of the Year award went to Malcolm Brogdon. This is going to be a recurring theme coming up. I'm going to touch on this a little bit more later. Playing games matters. It, it simply does. And that's why I've got Anthony Edwards as my Rookie of the Year. I mean, look, he started out a little slow, but he caught fire in the second half and it still befuddles my mind how the Timberwolves can't make it work with 
two number one picks on the roster, and they very well could be getting a third, depending on how the lottery shakes out. I know you, of all people, don't want that to happen. But, Absolutely uh, not. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the Timberwolves, I believe, have the sixth-ish best odds at the number one overall pick. You guys, clear-cut, have the best. Worst record in the league by three games? Oh, my God, dude. And did you start I mean, like eleven? That, didn't you start like eleven and ten too? That just shows how good Harden is. So you went and six. So you went six and guard of all time. So you went six and forty-five down the stretch. I know it's absolutely pathetic, but at the same time, who did we have on our team that was good? Wall was out most of the time. Wood was out most of the time. We were just trying to rebuild. I'm not that angry at it. Uh, yeah, I've I've got Anthony Edwards based off of the fact that he's played the most games. Um. Yeah, one other thing I will bring up is I personally struggled to give Rookie of the Year to someone who played on a team that has about 20 wins. But, I mean, at the same time, the Timberwolves did stuff around him. So, I'm not going to hit on him too much. But, uh, all right, on to the next award. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler, all bona fide stars in today's NBA. But they definitely weren't a first. All four of these players won the most improved player awards at one point and Liam who joins them this year I mean is it even much of a competition well I mean come on who's the most improved player in the NBA this year uh you're asking me you shouldn't even have to think of it it's Julius Randle 24 points 10 rebounds per game and yeah his stats are great but when you look at the team look at the team oh my god I don't think anyone saw this coming the New York Knicks are 41 and 31, and they're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Who saw that coming? They placed ahead of Miami, Boston, Washington, Indiana. Who saw this coming? I certainly did not. I, uh, and I remember way back when Jeff Van Gundy was on the show. He said he he was insistent upon that Jim Dolan had a plan, and he was right. I mean, the results are finally playing out this year. A little bit sooner than I expected, but they're here. They're legit now, whether you want to admit it or not. This might surprise you, but I actually disagree with you on this one. Oh, no. What are we... <laughs> okay. What nonsense. One, what nonsense are we about to hear? Point number one, the Knicks, you're, it's, the way you were talking about Julius Randle is like you're attributing the Knicks growth 100% solely to him, which I have to say, that's... Uh, kind of discounting the impacts of players like R.J. Barrett, who's also improved drastically this year from last year. Uh, the addition of Derrick Rose, he's been a solid player. Emmanuel Quickly has been a very surprising rookie. Alec Burks has been good for the team. Overall, they've had, and a new coach too, they've overall improved, not just Julius Randle. Yes, he has played much better this year. He's been a fantastic player. But I personally think the most improved player this year is Michael Porter Jr., I thought you were about. To, I thought you were about to say the other Porter that plays for the Rockets. I really <laughs> wish that I could say Christian Wood. He improved. From no, like Kevin Porter Jr. Wait, what? Oh, Kevin Porter Jr. I thought I heard you say Rockets, and I thought you meant Christian Wood. I, I said I said other Porter Jr. Dude, I understand. I understand uh, Zoom audio is a little sketchy, but I don't think there's that big of a difference between Porter and Wood. All right, all right. I didn't hear that, but anyways, MPJ. He's improved from 9 to 19 points per game. That's pretty drastic. Not only that, he's absolute sniper this year. He's shooting 45% from three, one of the best in the league. At 6'10", too, that's incredibly impressive. 
And couple, another thing that's kind of gone unnoticed, he's gone from about four to seven and a half rebounds per game. So he's improving his presence as a big man. And on top of that, he's had significantly more steals and blocks. Overall, he's made absolutely solid improvements this year. But I can't say, I don't think you should say that Julius Randle is far and away ahead of Michael Porter Jr. when he's made that many improvements. I could I could see Julius Randle winning the award. By he, he's going to win the award. I see MPJ with edge, though. I mean, like, you may, you. it's an interesting case, but at the same time, I mean, when you take a look at, I'm just going to throw this out here, market size. That's We talked about that a lot on the show lately. I'm sorry, but the difference in market size between New York City and Denver, I'm sorry, it's just huge. That's why, that is why, in my opinion, MPJ has been overshadowed this year. Oh, so you do admit that he's being that he's still a greatly improved player and oh, oh my God, yes, but I still because of all the media attention that Randall has gotten, in large part based off of market size. I I, I just think there really isn't much of a contest. Fair As the point. saying goes, offense scores points, defense wins championships. Last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo took home the Defensive Player of the Year award. The two years before that. It was Rudy Gobert. Well, are you taking one of these two or the field in this category? To be honest, I'm kind of lost in this category. I uh, There's not really one clear-cut defensive player of the year in this, this, uh, this year in my mind. And uh, as much as I hate to say it, I would have to pick Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's just consistently every year since he's been an all-star just been a massive presence rebounding blocking in the interior and he can also go out and guard the guards if he has to and he's continued that this year i haven't seen any the opposite of improvement i am lost for words right now in Giannis from last year and i haven't seen anyone else really stand out as a defensive player of the year so i personally think it should just be honest again i don't i don't have much to say on this award though because it's not that obvious this year so I have something pull up, and it's not something we talked about on the show. It's DraftKings odds for Deep Boy of the Year, and they just further my point. So we got Miles Turner plus ten thousand, Giannis plus eight thousand, Rudy Gobert is a minus two thousand favorite to win the Defensive Player of the Year. So you have to bet two thousand dollars on Rudy Gobert winning Deep Boy to win a hundred. I mean, to put that in perspective, I'm. I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence's the odds of Trevor Lawrence going number one. By the way, I'm pretty sure those odds were minus ten thousand. You got to bet ten grand to win a hundred dollars. But this is this isn't no beat the bookie type show here. This is full court press. Beat the bookie is a show at Citrus TV. But I mean, numbers don't lie. I've got Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's best defensive player on team with the best record in the National Basketball Association. And that's where my logic is coming from. And plus, the odds speak for themselves. Minus 2,000, those are, he's a gigantic favorite. And, okay, and, I'm, no, and I'm no sports betting guru either. Yeah, Rudy Gobert is definitely going to win then. I, I, don't, I was not aware of how far and away ahead he was in the race for defensive player of the year. Wow. Minus 2,000, my goodness. Yep, that's crazy. Uh, I guess now we'll move on to the final award, everyone's favorite award, the MVP. Giannis has won the last two. Harden won it in 2018. Westbrook won it in 2017. And Steph Curry won it in both 2015 and 16. Will one of these players yet again take the award, or will we have a new MVP? 32 points per game. Six assists per game. 
absolutely no help on his roster. James Wiseman hurt. Clay Thompson out for the entire season. Draymond Green being God knows what. Andrew Wiggins also being God knows what. Steph Curry is the MVP of this league. And if Wardell Stephen Curry's month of April and the first half of May does not show you how valuable he is to the Golden State Warriors, then I honestly don't know what to tell you. What? I honestly don't know what to tell you. He's been on another level this month of April that has vaulted him to the top of the MVP race. Now, it was in Big Baby, the favorite for a while, but he got hurt. Jokic has kind of been up and down this year in terms of MVP, and I just don't see Giannis winning it for a third year in a row. LeBron, LeBron was hurt as well. So give me Wardell Stephen Curry to win his third MVP award. Okay, with me being a Rockets fan and a self-proclaimed hater of Stephen Curry, this may really surprise you that I'm going to say this, but you just took the words out of my mouth. Thank you. I, I completely agree that Stephen Curry should win an MVP. Not only did he get the scoring title, and he's he's actually on an 82-game pace to break his three-point record for when he made 402 threes a while ago, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, I think Stephen Curry is 100% the MVP. I'd say my when I'm judging who's an MVP, I think it's about value added to a team and how that team would be without that player. And I personally think the Warriors would have been absolutely the worst team in the league if Stephen Curry was hurt again. They, we saw, they, they were the worst team in the league without him last yeah. year. They're not much different than they were last year, and Curry has brought them to the playoffs, which is just absolutely impressive, and I think he should win. Yeah, I'm just going to say, it's a claim that, it's a, excuse me, it's a real shame that Clay Thompson got hurt again because I really think that they would be near the top of the Western Conference if they had Clay. I really I'd do. I mean, they'd be three or four seed, but... I don't know if they'd be contenders. I think they'd. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure they they'd be. Well, maybe this year with all the injury woes with the Lakers. Maybe. Um. But <laughs> deciding an MVP is never easy. But podcasting with Anchor, that's always easy. Now we get into playoff predictions. We're gonna go round by round, one separate topic bar for each conference. We'll cover every matchup in that round in each respective topic bar. We begin with the play-in round in the East. Tonight, the ninth-seeded Char- Charlotte Hornets will host the 10th-seeded Indiana Pacers at 6.30 Eastern on TNT. Excuse me, 10th-seeded Charlotte. Vis- or 9th-seeded Indiana hosting 10th-seeded Charlotte. That's my bad. That will be followed by the 7th-seeded Boston Celtics welcoming the 8th-seeded Washington Wizards into the Boston Garden, 9 o'clock TNT. The winner of the Boston-Washington game gets the 7th seed. The loser will face the winner of the Charlotte-Indiana game, while the winner of that game gets the 8th seed. That third game is 8 o'clock Eastern time, Thursday, TNT. Will, how do you see this whole Eastern Conference play and playing out? Okay, first off, uh, Celtics versus Wizards. As disappointing as the Celtics have been recently and how they haven't lived up to expectations in big games, I cannot see them losing to the Wizards. And that is largely due to one thing, and that is playoff Russ. Playoff Russell Westbrook. He, I, I do not see him doing any better than he has in any recent playoff series. Um, his team is not is no better than he had on the Thunder. Definitely not better than the Rockets last year. And on top of that, I mean, Bradley Beal hasn't had much playoff experience himself. He's a great player, but I don't see those two guys as being the main part of that Wizards team taking on the Celtics and Tatum, Walker, uh, Brown, all those guys. We don't have Even Brown right now. What? Brown's out for season. 
What? Catch, catch up with it, Will. LeBron's been out for a while. He broke his wrist. Done for season. Okay, I am sorry, but I was not. I, I was not paying attention to that. I still don't think they beat the Celtics personally. Um, and then the other series, uh, Hornets Pacers. I personally just, I don't think the Hornets have enough experience to uh, win the series. I think overall they're too young outside of Rozier and Hayward. Uh, on top of that. Lamelo has he really hasn't looked the same since he came back from injury. It looks like his shots kind of been off, and he overall doesn't feel like he's been nearly as good. So I personally uh, see the Pacers winning that one, and it's not going to be particularly close. Okay, so who wins between Washington and Indiana to get the eighth seed then? Uh, Indiana. I think the trio of Brogdon, Levert, Sabonis all averaging twenty a game, and uh, Levert went into health and safety protocols. What? Levert is out for the foreseeable future due to health and safety protocols. I am not up to date on my injuries. You're not up to date on your injuries, pal. You know what? Let's just see, let's just hear your take on this. I see the Pacers winning this series. Okay, so you know, I'm at the point where I'm legitimately thinking to myself, is winning the best thing for the Boston Celtics right now? Because say we do make it out of the plan, what, get swept by Brooklyn or Philly? Because they're not, they're not winning a championship without Jalen Brown. There's no denying that. They're not winning a championship without Jalen Brown. So, that being said, I'm at the point where I'm hoping they lose to get the better draft pick. I really am. Because we can't do anything in the playoffs this year. And that's just the truth of the matter. So, for the greater good, I'm kind of hoping they lose. However, if we do win the playing game, I will root for them to make it further in the playoffs. Will that happen? Probably not. But, you know, as for tonight's matchup, I've got the Wizards. I mean, they're coming in flaming hot. We're not coming in hot. Give me the Wizards. Pacers Hornets tonight. I've got LaMelo Ball carrying the load for Charlotte, leading them to victory. Because, to be honest, I just don't see indiana's quote-unquote stars being able to match that of Lamelo. i understand they still don't have hayward but at the same time i just don't see it happening and then you have the matchup of the eighth seed between boston and charlotte and charlotte blew out the celtics a few weeks ago with a full roster i understand that game was in charlotte but you take away jalen brown i uh, i've got the hornets i don't think we make it out of the plan and i hope we don't make it out of the plan too Two things. One, I just looked, and the Karis Levert news with health, health and safety protocol came out two hours ago, so you can't get too mad about me on that one. And second, um, you really think Lamelo can play that well in the play-in game, even though he just came back from injury and hasn't seemed that good recently? Oh, well, do you think the Celtics can play well in the play-in game? I certainly no. don't. No, but you think Lamelo's going to be the one that wins them the game? They've got Scary Terry, too. They'll be coming into Boston with that revenge factor, too. We, okay. we gave him up for Kemba. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, all right, now we're moving on to the West. Uh, on Wednesday, the ninth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies will host the 10th-seeded San Antonio Spurs at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, and that will be followed by the 7th-seeded Los Angeles Lakers welcoming the 8th-seeded Golden State Warriors into the Staples Center. 10 o'clock on ESPN. I'll be home during that. And game. the winner of the Golden State LA game gets the seven seed. The loser will face the winner of the Memphis San Antonio game, while the winner of that third game will get the eighth seed. 
That third game is at a time DVD Friday on ESPN. Liam, how do you see this playing out? I don't know if you've been seeing those memes where it's like, uh, you have like the caption, like Steph Curry fighting against LeBron and AD. Then you have that scene from Civil War when Iron Man is fighting both Steve and Bucky at the same time. I mean, that's kind of what I feel like it's going to be like. But there was no clear winner in Civil War, in my opinion. But I think I think Steph Curry is going to have a field day tomorrow. Look, we still don't know if LeBron and AD are 100%. We still don't know if LeBron and AD are 100%. I'm going to say it again to reinforce it. We still don't know if LeBron and AD are 100%. And we don't know how the Lakers are going to stop Steph Curry. That is the main reason why I have the Warriors winning tomorrow night. And as for the other game, Memphis-San Antonio, I think the Grizzlies' youth is going to overpower San Antonio's vets. John Morant's going to go off. DeMar DeRozan will continue to be playoff DeMar DeRozan. Give me the Grizzlies. Then we got Lakers-Grizzlies, and I do think the Lakers come out on top here. I don't think there's any chance LeBron James is going to let the Lakers lose in the play-in round. I somewhat agree with you. Uh First off, I'll just mention Grizzlies' first game. I think that one's definitely the biggest top-up because both of those teams are kind of irrelevant in the playoff picture in general. They're obviously not going far at all. But I agree with you. I see John Morant going off and the Grizzlies youth winning that game. Um, the Lakers-Warriors game, though, I just personally, I, I don't even think it matters if LeBron and AD aren't 100%. I cannot see that team losing even one game of the play-in round. LeBron is going to take this personally, and he is not going to let the Warriors beat him. Um, obviously, I think Curry will go off, but I think the overall power of the Lakers, especially their size, is just going to be too much of a match for uh, the Warriors. And then I definitely see the Warriors and Curry going off in the game against the Grizzlies or Spurs rather than against the Lakers. And I see him dropping 15, absolutely dominating. And then the Warriors will be the eighth and the Lakers will be the seventh. All right. All right. So. Now we move into the Eastern Conference first round. We will see the New York Knicks battle the Atlanta Hawks, a rematch between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. The Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn Nets are still waiting to learn their opponent. Will, I believe you have the Nets matching up with the Celtics and the Sixers matching up with the Pacers. Well, I've got the Nets matching up with the Wizards and the Sixers matching up with the Hornets. I expect some dog fights here. What do you expect? Okay, can you repeat what my... What, you would have the you would have the Sixers facing the Pacers, and the Nets facing the Celtics. God knows that would be a bloodbath. Okay, Nets Nets Celtics. There's not much to say. That would probably be a sweep, absolute domination, obliteration. There's not even much to say there. Harden, all uh, I have to say this Harden, especially you might disagree with me. I see him being the catalyst in that series and absolutely going off against the Celtics. Um, anyways, the bigger matchup, which would be the Sixers versus Pacers, this might surprise you. Obviously, Joel Embiid has been fantastic this year. We didn't really mention him in, when we were talking about the MVP race, but he's just been absolute dominant force in the center position. Although, I don't see the, the Sixers changing their uh, tradition of absolutely choking in the playoffs. And I see the uh, Pacers duo. You think they're going to lose in the first round? Yes, Sixers are losing the first round to the Pacers, and we're going to see some bubble TJ Warren spirit and potentially Sabonis wow. or uh, Brogdon, and the Pacers are going to upset the choking 76ers. You know, I've got, you know I've got a lot of friends from Philly up here, right, that aren't going to like that a lot? You know what? I, 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 I'm sorry. 
I, that's what I have to I mean, say. My, room, my roommate is a Sixers fan. I don't know if he left. I don't know if he left the room, but if he, if I can't imagine he's happy right now hearing that. No, and he shouldn't be. But I do not apologize whatsoever. The Sixers <laughs> suck in the playoffs, and it's going to continue. Okay, what about those other two series? Okay, can you repeat which the series? What the series? Milwaukee, Miami, and New York, Atlanta. Okay. Milwaukee, my Miami. Definitely uh, not a repeat of last year. Let me just say first off. Uh, I mean, obviously that was impacted somewhat by Giannis getting hurt, but I think they probably would have lost that game anyways. Uh, the Heat are just flat out worse than last year. Jimmy Butler hasn't been the same. Harrow hasn't been the same. Duncan Robinson hasn't been the same. The entire team just hasn't been the same as they were last year. And I just don't see the Bucks getting embarrassed again like they did last year. That's just not going to happen. And then the last seed, Atlanta Knicks. Um, I see the Knicks continuing their hot streak. I don't. Uh, Atlanta has had absolutely zero playoff experience with Trey Young and John Collins, and I don't think they know what they're getting into. I don't think they're going to play that well. I think Trey Young's going to have an inconsistent series, and I think the Knicks are going to continue on their steamroll. Okay. Okay. We disagree on a lot of things here. So, I we start out with 76ers Hornets and. I think these games are going to be closer than people anticipate, but at the same time, I think Philly's power at the center position is just going to be too much for Charlotte to overcome. They don't really have someone to stop the catalyst that is Joel and Big Baby. So I've got the Sixers in five. Then you look at Nets, Wizards, two terrible defensive teams, so expect a lot of high-scoring shootouts in this game. But at the end of the day, the Nets simply have more firepower, so give me Brooklyn in five. Bucks, Heat... Look, this isn't the NBA bubble. However, I do see a universe where the Heat win this series again. I do have the Bucks winning it in six. Now for the Hawks and the Knicks. I just, I still, I'm, I'm still skeptical about the Knicks, man. I really am, and I think this is Trey. I think this postseason is going to be Trey Young's coming out party. He will establish himself as a bona fide star in this league. I've got the Atlanta Hawks beating the Knicks in six. Okay, first off, I will say if the Hornets were to be the ones to play the Sixers, I completely agree with you. I don't think they have any match for Joel Embiid. But uh, if the Pacers were playing, I feel like they could match up with him a little bit better and have the, and the Sixers would implode. Well, Sabonis, uh, Sabonis and Embiid would be an interesting matchup. Yeah, Sabonis and Embiid would be uh, one, maybe one of or, the matchups. Or even, or even Turner and Embiid, too. Exactly. Um, well, Turner, you were mentioning for Defensive Player of the Year earlier, so... You don't see him potentially locking down Embiid? I mean, it's possible, but I don't think he can completely shut him down the way Al Horford did a few years ago. Yeah, I still definitely see him slowing him down, though. And then also you were mentioning Trey Young just going off in this playoffs. Uh, I I just can't see that. I don't see Trey being ready for that. He's been good. He's been good. But I don't <laughs> see him taking the leap in this playoffs. I'm sorry. I mean, like, people hate on Trey Young, and rightfully so. He's a... He goes to the free throw line a lot, and that's one of the reasons why James Harden is so scrutinized. It's not even funny, but I really think this is coming out party. Uh, not to mention he's the single worst defender in the league. But all right, oh, you really you think he's a worse defender than James Harden? Yeah. Yes, by far. It's not even close. Anyways, in the West, we have a rematch between the LA Clippers and Dallas Mavericks. A rematch from two years ago between the Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets, 
and the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns await the play-in winners. Liam, how will it play out in the West? So you've got the Suns playing the Lakers and the Jazz playing the Warriors. I have the Jazz playing the Lakers and the Suns playing the Warriors. So we start with Jazz-Lakers. This is going to be the best series of the first round, in my opinion, because you've got eight-seeded LeBron trying to overcome the top-seeded Jazz, but I think LeBron is finally going to have Father Time catch up with him in this series. I mean... He said it himself. I don't think I'll ever be 100% again after that high ankle sprain, which feels a little bit sort of dramatic considering I've sprained my ankle and been able to run like within two days, maybe not a high ankle sprain, but you can recover for them and still get back to 100%. Maybe not at his age, but it still feels a little dramatic in my opinion, but I've got the baby. (laughs) I've got the Jazz in seven. I just don't think LeBron and AD are 100%. And we've seen LeBron's ankle has still come back to bug him at times. Now let's get into Suns Warriors. I think Steph's shooting alone gets the Warriors two wins in the series. But other than that, the Suns are just a better team. I've got Phoenix in six. Portland versus Denver. The X factor here is no Jamal Murray. That's going to be killer for Denver. And, and quite literally so, because it will lead to their demise. I mean... If, we, if they had Jamal Murray, we would have one of those uh, epic showdowns between Dame Dalla and Jamal Murray. Unfortunately, we don't get that this year. So that being said, I've got Portland winning in six. I think Portland steals game five, wins the last four games of the series. And then Clippers, Mavericks, I've got the Clips in five. I just, the Mavs have been, they caught fire late in the season, but other than that, they've been a little disappointing this year. All right. So first off, Jazz Warriors. Um, I I mean, I think Stephen Curry is going to have a fantastic series. He's going to put up a good fight, but they just don't have the power otherwise outside of Curry to compete with the Jazz at all. I don't even think it's a debate. I think, especially in the interior, I just, I don't see them potentially competing with the Jazz at all. And we were mentioning the Jazz bench. Who do the Warriors have to stop Clarkson and Ingles on the bench? No one. They have no one. It's going to be... Potentially up to a six-game series, though, because I see Curry absolutely going off. But I don't see how the Jazz could possibly lose that one. Um, Lakers-Suns. This one's a little bit more of a debate for me. I mean, the Suns have been fantastic this year. We were talking about how efficient they were offensively, but that's the thing. Their offensive efficiency is what has been allowing them to play so well. And the Mm -hmm. Lakers are such a massive, good defensive team. I think the Suns might be a little shocked in that series and uh, will start off incredibly slow. And as long as LeBron and AD are somewhat healthy, I mean, their playoff selves are, are have consistently been better than the regular season selves. I think that may potentially be too much for the Suns. I see a six or seven game series here, and I see the Lakers maybe actually coming out on top in an upset. Uh, Trailblazers Nuggets, you hit it on the head. Without Jamal Murray, I don't see them doing much against the Blazers. I see the Blazers winning that series. Uh, obviously, Jokic has been fantastic, but I mean, I don't think he's enough. And as we saw last year in the bubble, when the Nuggets went far in the playoffs, it was largely due to Jamal Murray. Without that, I just don't see them doing much. And then, yeah, as you said, the Mavericks have been, I mean, they've been good late. They've been overall pretty disappointing, and I don't think they have enough to beat the Clippers. Okay, 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 okay. We got uh, some similarities, but some differences. Let's get into the Eastern Conference second round. Neither of the top two teams in the East made it out of the second round last season. 
Will, you're going to have the Knicks matching up with the Pacers and the Nets matching up with the Bucks. I've got the Hawks matching up with the 76ers and the Bucks matching up with the Nets. Will, will we, will it happen again? Will the Nets somehow lose in round two? No, absolutely not. The Nets will not lose in round two. Um, you said I have them against the Bucks. You do have them against the Bucks. Okay, so because they're against the Bucks, it will actually be a competitive series. However, I mean, Harden, KD, Kyrie all have lengthy, extensive experience in the playoffs. Not good ones. Uh, they... Really, really not good ones. Two of them have mo- two of them have rings, and the other one is almost going to the finals. And I mean, even Harden, you can't say he's been that bad single-handedly in the playoffs. He has not had any help from his teams whatsoever. Um, I mean, just like 2018, let's look at Trevor Ariza going 0 for 9. That's just one of many extensive examples of Harden not getting any help from his team. And I just think that big three is going to steamroll through the East the entire playoffs. I don't because they have three elite players. There's no chance that all three are going to suck on any given night. And so I feel like at least one of them will be able to carry the load slacked by the others. And I don't see him losing to the Bucks. KD has not won a ring without Steph. Kyrie has not won a ring without LeBron. Harden hasn't done anything in the playoffs. You can say what you want about him not having Chris Paul and Trevor Reza going over nine. But he stank that game too. He was also awful. You watched it at my house. I remember you getting angry over James Harden being so bad. I remember it. To this day, I've never seen you so mad, and I don't think I'll ever see you that mad again. So probably not. <laughs> so that being said, I mean, uh, so the Bucks, since the acquisition of Harden, uh, excuse me, the Bucks won the last two games of the regular season again when they met when they matched up in early May. You can't you can't you can't put that to the side. You also can't put to the side the fact that. Harden, KD, and Kyrie don't exactly have a ton of experience playing together. They don't. So that is what's driving me to take the, to the Bucks in six in this series. The fact that Milwaukee is the more experienced team. And also, they have a set five at the end of every game in which the other team don't. You know, down the stretch, it's going to be Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, P.J. Tucker, and Brooke Lopez. Or maybe in some cases you put Tucker at the five, bring in DiVincenzo as the guard. Depends on the matchup. You know what it's going to be. I can't say the same for most other teams in the NBA. And that is a really uh, that is a really good thing to have. I mean, I disagree with you, but I can't say your statements are invalid. I mean, you, you said that KD hasn't done anything without Steph, though. He almost went to the finals in 20... Kyrie, he may have needed LeBron, but he was absolutely fantastic, uh, especially in the finals... In, uh, when he was playing with LeBron. And yes, they don't have the guys they had before, but they do have each other. And I think I don't I think that's just too much firepower for the Bucks. Also, one other thing, I've seen rumors that Dinwiddie might be able to play in the playoffs. Is that true? He that, tore his ACL, so I'd be surprised. I don't know. I saw that he may be coming back, but that could be another factor that plays into it. I, uh, I would be surprised. That of course it's not out of the question, but oh and to my other series, I have the Hawks beating the Sixers in six. I really think this is Trey Young's getting out party, and you said it. The annual Philly choke will come in round two this year. Yep. I, I see round one, but there will be a Philly choke in. Okay, so who do you have? Who do you have in Knicks Pacers then? 
Um, I, you may disagree with me. I mean, you already disagreed with me on the Pacers going far, but I personally have the New York Knicks, which you think would, I'm sure you think it would be absolutely ridiculous to see the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I just don't see their hot streak ending anytime soon. They've been absolutely fantastic, unstoppable on both the offensive and defensive ends. And I see Julius Randle making a name for himself as a top eight player in the league in this playoffs. Knicks, Nets, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I can't believe it as I knocked over my mic. I'm, I knocked over my mic. I'm in such disbelief. <laughs> well, I, I have to say rightfully so, but that's my opinion. And uh, now... We go out to the West. Uh, last season's second round, of course, saw arguably the biggest choke job in NBA history when the Clippers uh, blew that 3-1 to lead to the Nuggets. Although I'd say there was an even worse choke job when they blew a 3-1 lead to the Rockets in 2015 when they were up by 16 in game in game six or something like that. In the that. fourth quarter, I think, too. Yeah. And they let Josh Smith and Corey Brewer destroy them at the end of the game. Loved those guys. Josh Smith and Corey Brewer. Uh, anyways, it was pretty bad. But uh, what kind of drama can we expect in West Round 2 this year? All right, so I've got Jazz Clippers. You've got Sun uh, and Suns Blazers. You have Lakers Blazers and Jazz Clippers. So I've got the Jazz beating the Clippers in six. I don't think there's going to be any sort of choke drama this year. I just think the Jazz are the better team. That's for Phoenix and Portland. This is going to be a dog fight of a series. But in the end... Home court advantage plays out, and I see the home team winning all seven of these games. I got the Suns in seven, but don't be surprised if the Blazers pull it out because this is a good basketball team. Even though they're a sixth seed, they're a really good basketball team. Um, I see Lakers-Blazers being very similar to Lakers-Blazers last year Oof. and the Lakers heading back to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the Blazers are somewhat better of a team than they were last year overall. I will not deny that. Carmelo, they, baby. Did they have, have Nurkic in the playoffs last year? I think so. Okay, they did. But, I mean, he would probably he may have not been completely healthy. But anyways, I mean, as I was saying, as long as LeBron and AD are somewhat healthy enough to play competitive basketball, I see the overall size of the Lakers just being too much for the Blazers, just like, they were, just like it was last year. I just... See them getting dominated in the paint, out-rebounded, and just unable to guard both LeBron and AD. And um, Jazz Clippers is the other series, correct? Yes. Um, that one, like you were mentioning about the dogfight with the home team winning every game, I see that being very similar here. I see two very evenly matched teams with multiple stars and a deep bench going at it. And I think... Almost every game of the series will be pretty close, and it's going to go to seven. But I see the Jazz finally taking the leap ahead and edging it out against the Clippers, and potentially us seeing Pandemic P come back and choke it. Pandemic P. Wow. Now we get into the Eastern Conference Finals. Last year, the fifth-seeded Miami Heat appended my third-seeded Boston Celtics in six games. Will, what will we see in the Eastern Conference Finals this year? You've got the Battle of the Apple between the Nets and the Knicks. I've got the Bucks matching up with the Hawks. Who you got? In the Battle of the Apple, I see the Knicks finally meeting their match against the Nets oh, and God. the three-headed monster heading to the NBA Finals. And uh, it'll probably be maybe five or six games. The Knicks have been fantastic this year, but they are obviously no match for the Nets, and the Nets will kind of steamroll the series. Okay, yeah. I've got 
Hawks, Bucks, and this is where the Hawks will finally meet their match. I got the Bucks winning in five. I think Giannis is tired of falling up, coming up short in the postseason, and this is where he breaks through and finally gets the Bucks to the finals. I mean, if if you if those two teams were to make it to the conference finals, I agree, I agree with your take. <laughs> um, Who wouldn't agree with my I'm, picks? All of them have right. been correct. So wait, okay, now we have the Western Conference Finals, right? Yes. Then I, okay, so yeah, the top top seeded Lakers bounced the third seeded Nuggets in five last year, and it wasn't exactly competitive. Liam, will we have something more competitive this year? <laughs> Between Jazz and Suns, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a dog fight. I think the home team wins the first five games. However, I think the Jazz are going to break through and win Game Six and advance to their first NBA Finals. Since Carl Malone and John Stockton were playing for them. Unless I'm mistaken, that's the last time they made the finals. But you've got Jazz Lakers. Please tell me you have the Jazz. Yes, I do have the Jazz. I I see LeBron's age finally catching up with him. I see him being pretty tired by that point, making it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, And I see the Jazz's starting lineup being able to match up with the Lakers, but they have that edge on the bench with Clarkson and Ingles. And I think that'll be the... Uh, kind of the main factor in the series that will allow them to go ahead. I see them, there being multiple dogfight games and it being fairly close, potentially a six or seven game series. But I think the Jazz with that home court advantage will overall win the series. Also, I can't confirm the Jazz have not been to the finals since 1998 with Carmelo and John Stockton. That team got robbed wow. of easily two NBA championships by Michael Jordan. Was one of those when he, the offensive foul push off? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I do know anyway. that he had a game winner in 98. Yes. But now we get into the moment you've all been waiting for, the NBA Finals. Last year, the Lakers beat the Heat in six. Will's got Jazz, Nets. I've got Jazz, Bucks. To cap it all off, who's winning the NBA Finals, Will? The Brooklyn Nets. Boo! Oh, man, as as people have been talking about all year, the Brooklyn Nets are just too much for any NBA team to compete with in a seven-game series this year. Harden, KD, Kyrie, all three of them together, not all of them have to play well at the same time for them to be a winning team. And I just see that being too much for the Jazz. It'll still be a six, potentially seven-game series, but I see the Nets being too much for the Jazz. That's where they meet their end. <laughs> I've got the Jazz beating the Bucks in seven. This is another one of those dogfight series that we've been talking about a lot in the show. But home court advantage plays. And like the Suns-Blazers series we talked about earlier, or I talked about earlier, the home team will win all seven games in this series. This NBA Finals is going to go the distance. And unfortunately, Donovan Mitchell won't be able to play for Team USA in the Olympics. But we have plenty of other capable guys. Or do we? I don't know. That performance in 2019 was a disgrace. Who knows what the U.S. Olympic team is going to look like this year. But I've got the Jazz beating the Bucks in seven. We'll talk more about the U.S. Olympic basketball team two months and five days from now. Just curious, do you see guys like Katie and LeBron playing in the Olympics this year? Depends on how far they go in the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Well, anyways, there you have it, folks. Our 2021 NBA playoff predictions are in. 
And with that, that's all we have today. And I'm Will Arnson. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Will for being my guest today. And thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Bolt Court Press Podcast and on Twitter at Bolt CP Podcast. That's F-U-L-L-C-P Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. As always, please, please, please stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, and be positive. Our next episode will be released on Saturday. Jackson Holzer comes back on the show. We'll see you then.